Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Cyber podcast with me, Martin Smith, Managing Director of Cyber Prison. I'm joined today by Jim Simpson from Searchlight Cyber, and we're going to explore the role of intelligence in cybersecurity, specifically that derived from the dark web and its importance in protecting industrial processes in the energy industry. Jim, welcome to Let's Talk Cyber. Thanks for having me. Uh, it should be a good one today. Uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, so can I start off with perhaps the most obvious question, which is what is the dark web for those who are uninitiated? The, the perennial what is the dark web question. Um, so the dark web um, for those people who aren't aware of it is anything that we think of as not indexed. So if you can't find stuff on Google, that's a mixture of the deep and the dark web. And that can be anything from websites that are behind um, login pages, so like so Facebook, they can't be indexed, but they are accessible through a normal browser. That means it's the deep web. The stuff that is not indexed by Google and you need a different type of web browser to go to a .onion address is typically what we're talking about when we're looking at the dark web. Um, it's different technology used to get to a server that is serving back a web page. So it's the, the same content coming back at you but it's just you get there in a different way primarily okay and we often hear about a community of cyber criminals on the dark web all talking together uh, is that true to what extent is uh, is the the dark side of the dark web if you want to put it that way organized so yeah you you don't get these little conclaves of people's in people in hoodies and like hoods up and the the typical stereotypical idea of what it's like um so yes and no uh, is the answer. Um, there are parts of the dark web that are very organized. You, when you start to look at uh, the types of ransomware gangs and the way they go about doing their work and they recruit affiliates to go and um, complete ransomware missions uh, to some extent, um, those organizations are organized. Now, they don't always communicate on the dark web. They do use sort of deep, deep web stuff, so like uh, Telegram and, um, and other services for communication, but a lot of what they do happens on the dark web. When we look at the dark web as well, it's also kind of like a supply chain for bad stuff. Um, what we see on the dark web is typically financially motivated attackers who have done something or they have something to sell or they have a service that would enable someone else to take a another step on the on the uh, sort of like attack life cycle so for example um there's this idea of initial access brokers and these are people who will gain access to a network but that's as far as they'll go their their forte is i will accomplish this task in a way and then once i have a foothold on your network i will then sell that access to another person who then may carry on an attack and end up committing ransomware or or whatever they're looking for, intellectual property theft, those sort of things. So um, there are elements that are organized and the organization beyond that isn't necessarily, we are going to group together with this common goal, but there's a financially motivated incentive behind the services and things that people offer on, on some of these forums and websites that we look at. So they might not give away their best practice for free, but they'll certainly want to sell it. Oh yeah, 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 everyone, everything's got a price. Um, so yeah, we 
a lot of the people that we see, so th there's this idea as well that you have like state-backed attackers who might be after intellectual property theft or degrading services for uh, whatever goal they have in, in mind. Um, but when we look at the, the dark web and those those service sales, they're, they're definitely fall into the, the financially motivated attackers. That doesn't need necessarily mean their skill level is any, any lower than what you'd see from a state-backed group, um, but they're the driving force and the motivations behind it are primarily financially driven, yeah. And what's on the dark web? What can you find out there? Um, again, it depends, but you name it, uh, you can probably find it on the dark web. Uh, when What would what, what would probably be most um, applicable to the audience of the podcast is um, things that allow people to do uh, malicious things to networks so you can buy credentials if someone has malware on their system and it's stealing passwords usernames uh, session cookies these are all gathered up and sold um, in bulk to whoever wants to buy them uh, just think if someone had if you're using say Microsoft uh, Office 365 and you don't have multi-factor authentication on there someone can buy your credentials then go and use those credentials straight away if you do have multi-factor authentication on there then you can buy a service or access to a service that will help you bypass multi-factor authentication so you have this idea of whatever I need to go need to get hold of in order to commit something you can pretty much find it on on the forums and the markets that we that we look at um like i said initial access brokers they get access and they will sell that access and um, you can buy malware you can buy services that will encrypt malware so that it'll get past your antivirus and your your um detection mechanisms um yeah there, there's a whole smorgasbord of stuff that you want to get you, you can go and find on the dark web including specific vulnerabilities for industrial control systems that sort of thing yeah, I mean, we we haven't really seen um, a great deal when it gets to that. The, so the, within the dark web, you have what is publicly there. So if you think of it as a storefront for a lot of people, sort of like uh, eBay or Etsy, right? Um, the dark web is there to sell the people's wares. So they have to put that out publicly. They have to say, this is what you can buy from me. Um, if you're talking about specific vulnerabilities for OT, uh, for OT um, stuff then that could potentially be happening in either very small closed groups or like direct messaging which we wouldn't be able to see from the collection we have but those sort of things are going on there um people are working on them again um my understanding of ot is that it isn't necessarily just about vulnerabilities in the technology itself but understanding how that technology is used um yeah the the obscure nature of OT to the most to most people means that um, sharing best practices around how you would attack an OT um, environment might might be happening on there for sure. And why should the energy sector in particular care about this? The energy sector is like that nexus, right? Of it's an enterprise, but the product that they are selling is vital. It's a critical product. Like same, I. I in my head, I put uh, energy sector in in the same boat as like your blue light services, so your ambulance, your police, your fire. Without energy going out, then a country's in a bad place. The threat that exists on the dark web from people selling access to your networks or people selling credentials that would get them access to your networks, 
is something I think people should be paying attention to and they should be aware of that it can happen and stay, take mitigating steps once something like that's been identified because the the nature of an outage to an energy pro like producer is is significant. We yeah, there have been multiple examples in the past um, that have had consequences for nations. Um, and yeah, if, if there's anything you can do that's going to try and help you or give you a heads up that something might be might be wrong in your environment, then then for sure I think that's something most most companies would want to and should be paying attention to. Yeah, and I, I guess that we can see that to some extent the energy sector is being targeted. Are there deep and dark web mentions of the energy sector? Yeah, I mean, it's there's every every sector is represented. Um, the especially when you start looking at credentials, then it's it's a where can I get malware? It's, it's a volume business from the from the credential stealer side of things. It's a can I get malware to run on a machine? And once I do. I'm just going to grab up all those credentials. Now, if you think about the changes that have happened to working practice since COVID-19, there's been a massive increase in people working from home, maybe using personal um, computers to get access to, even if it's just email from work, you might not have access to the backend systems, but that email access might be available from personal devices. If those credentials are then sold on the dark web, someone buys them, they can get access to email, makes it way easier to do further attacks. You can use the the fact that you are communicating with someone from any an internal email address obviously reduces people's idea that this might be something malicious it's coming from a trust or supposedly trusted source um yeah there's, there's, a, there's a whole bunch that we could look at really okay so how can we help organizations mitigate these risks using what we're seeing on the dark web so yeah, when, when you start looking at mitigations, knowledge is power. Like if you don't know something is being sold, if you don't know your credentials are being sold, then you can't take steps to prevent it. We gather information from a whole bunch of different sources, including credentials and initial access brokers and various other things that would be of use to you taking not necessarily preventative action because something has happened to get to that point, but knowing what access they have and where they might be coming in from. Like we've seen um, access for VPNs be sold on the dark web. So if you know that your VPN or credentials against um, that work against your VPN are being sold, then uh, can we start a threat hunt from that perspective? So what we offer isn't necessarily, or what you the information you get from the dark web isn't necessarily something you can just go, okay, I've seen this, therefore stop this. But it gives you that investigation route that you and your your security team can then use to go off and do threat hunts or to start incident response, um, get your SOC involved and in, in those sort of things. Yeah, and I, I guess the more generalized data, if we can agglomerate a lot of data in this way, then we actually get to use it to improve cyber controls. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm going to keep coming back to credentials because it's, it, it's one of the most prolific things that we see, but it's also one of the things that we can do a lot with. Um, so, yeah, understanding your controls, understanding that if you see any credentials that are for sale, what should your response be to it? And is it a widespread thing across the company where we're going to reset these type of accounts? Does it mean that you're going to enforce um, password changes on a more frequent basis? Does it mean that you want to do it on a less frequent basis, but you're only going to do it for those accounts that you've seen compromised. 
there's a there's a whole bunch of different ways that you can take this this data and that's the whole point behind intelligence is that you have a knowledge gap you want to improve something or you want to do something based on knowledge you don't have you that's where you turn to data that's where you turn to this intelligence to say this is what we're seeing therefore you can make an informed decision around what it is that you want to go and do brilliant great well thank you jim uh, that was a fascinating window and a little understood aspect of cyber security uh, we like to think that our operations are based on intelligence but are we exploiting the dark web as well as our adversaries i'm not sure 